Welcome to the Faith Crisis Coach Podcast. This show is my love letter to all of the people going through a faith crisis and transition that feel alone and like your world is falling apart. I've been there. As an all-in, eighth-generation Latter-day Saint, a faith crisis was the last thing I expected or wanted. But now, my life, my mental health, my relationships, my self-image, all of that is so much better because of how I leveraged my faith crisis. I'm your host, Josie Johnson, certified trauma-informed life coach and happy faith crisis graduate. If you want to grow through this experience, not just go through it, listen in. Hello, my faith crisis friends. Welcome to the podcast. It is general conference weekend. How are you doing? (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, but there have been general conference weekends in the past that were not so good. And honestly, I'm recording it. I'm recording this podcast a few days before general conference. And so I'll have to report back and let you know how it went. So it's general conference weekend, which can be a hard time for people in faith crisis, especially if you are currently processing normal faith crisis grief and betrayal. It can be additionally difficult if you're physically in, mentally out, if you're in a mixed faith marriage, if you're navigating relationships with believing loved ones. There are many emotions that may come up. Whatever is coming up for you emotionally, these next three episodes will help you work through those. So apparently I like doing series. (laughs) Um, I tend to be a fire hose when I teach, which I like about myself. I want to over deliver and be generous with my knowledge. Um, But also it can be a little bit much. And so these series help me break things down for you instead of having a super long college course type lecture each week. (laughs) So this is the first episode in the emotions series. We're talking about how to feel better. There are three M's of how to feel better, mindfulness, music, and movement. Today we're focused on mindfulness. Now, when I say how to feel better, I'm not saying I'm going to help you get to a morally better emotion. We've been told to be happy and to calm down over and over in our lives, for example. (laughs) I'm not trying to get you to happy. I'm not trying to get you to calm. I'm not going to try to take you from mad to calm or from like scared to happy. Like that's not what we're doing here. We're not talking about toxic positivity. We're talking about emotional processing. So I'm going to help you feel or process your current emotion in a more loving, useful way. So in a way that serves you. I'm going to help you be mad. I'm going to help you be sad. Because the truth is that most of us weren't taught how to process our emotions. We were taught to hide them. We were taught that other people cause our emotions. And so we should if we want to change our emotions, we need to manipulate other people. We need to change other people to change our emotions. Um, We were also taught to change ourselves to manipulate and change other people's emotions. We were taught to feel shameful about having emotions. We've been called too sensitive, too emotional. Don't cry. Don't be a baby. So I'm going to teach you how to be with your emotions. An emotion is a vibration in our bodies. All emotions are allowed and welcome. In fact, our emotions are beautiful things. We want our emotions. 
They inform us of our beliefs, both conscious and subconscious. For example, if we feel angry about something, a leader says, it probably means that we think that what they're saying is wrong or unfair or harmful. If we're feeling happy, it likely means that we like what's happening. That's why I'm not trying to move you to happiness because I don't know about you, but I don't want to feel happy about everything I hear leaders say. (laughs) I want to feel angry about some things and sad about some things, not just within the church and within, you know, general conference and things that we're going to hear church members and church leaders say, but there are just things that I don't want to be happy about in the world in general right? That's why the idea of being happy all the time just isn't plausible. (laughs) Because when I hear that someone is suffering, I don't want to be happy. And suffering and pain is just a part of the human experience. So it's not possible for me to be happy all the time if I want to keep those values. I want the emotional spectrum because it means that I have values and that I'm alive. I want to feel anger. I want to feel betrayed. I want to feel numb. I want to feel lonely. I want to feel vulnerable and visible and fear. I want to feel the thrill and courage and pride and embarrassment and joy and gratitude and hope and happiness and amusement. I want to feel all of it. I want the full spectrum of the human experience. Otherwise, it we would be robotic and dishonest. I believe a lot of our problems with people pleasing come from the expectation that everyone should be calm and happy all the time. Of course, we people please. Of course, we are dishonest when we think and feel in order to control ours and attempt to control other people's emotions and get them to a certain emotion. It's just not true. It's not honest. So not here, my friends. We're going to feel better. But we're going to, when I say that, we're not going to be trying to change our emotions to a morally better or more comfortable emotion. We're going to allow all of our emotions. The first M of emotional processing is mindfulness. So I define mindfulness as the practice of being with yourself where you are. Meeting yourself where you are, being with yourself where you are. I like to use the idea of stop, drop, and roll to explain how to do this. So this fire safety idea originated in the 70s, and many of you learned it in elementary school like I did. We learned that if we have fire on us, we should stop moving around, we should drop onto the ground, and we should roll our bodies. With our emotions, it's similar. You're going to stop what you're doing, drop mentally into your body, and roll with the waves of the emotion. Not trying to change the emotion, but rolling with, accepting the reality that this emotion is hanging out with you and adapting yourself to let it take up space. Let's go over each step in more detail. So you're going to have an emotion come up and you're going to stop to name it. If you don't know many emotion words, start with, I feel bad, sad, mad or glad? Which one out of those four? Do you feel bad? Do you feel sad? Do you feel mad or glad? Which range is it? You could also ask yourself, do I feel more closed or more open right now? 
And you can also Google the feelings wheel to cultivate a bigger vocabulary. I find that using kind of general terms in the beginning or when I'm really in it, general terms are all I need. And then sometimes I like to get more specific because I think it can help me understand my experience better. So after you've stopped to name it, after you've stopped, you're going to drop into your body and be with yourself. You're going to describe the emotion like you would to a four-year-old. What is this vibration like? Is your chest tight? Do you feel an urgent desire to run away? Some of the ways I describe my emotions are jealous feels like slimy hands to me. Sadness feels like sinking sand. Angry feels like a boiling pot of water. Calm feels like bamboo in the wind. Describing emotions vividly like this makes it more accessible. So when something feels more familiar, it feels safer and more comfortable. So giving your emotions space will be easier when you're aware of how they take up room in your body, how they move through your body. Because again, an emotion is just a vibration through your body. It's just energy movement through your body. So knowing what your emotions feel like makes accepting them so much easier. The next step is roll with it. So we've stopped and named the emotion. We've dropped into our body and described the experience. And then we roll with it. We let it be with us as long as it wants to. I often literally say to my emotions, you can hang out with me. Come on in. I also remind myself and my clients to lean into the experience, not away from it. Allow the emotion to take up more space. Emotions are like toddlers. They just want to be heard. So the more you push them away and say, I'll be with you in a minute, I'll be with you in a minute, the louder they get. So pick them up and let them just be with you for a minute. Pick them up, let them sit on your hip and let them be with you. And I promise they'll calm down just by having your presence there. Again, it's not the goal to change the emotion, but the more space we give it, the easier it will be to move through it. So I want to give three examples from my own life on what this stop, drop, roll process looks like in real time. So the first example, I'm going to do three examples. And the first one is when I wore a tank top in front of my family for the first time. And (laughs) which is a big deal for me, it was a big deal. For other people, it might not be, but for me, it was a big deal. And I know that it is a big deal for my clients as well. So when I was about to go, you know, eat breakfast, be with my family, not my husband and kids, but my extended family. So (laughs) I had the tank top on, I was looking in the mirror and I named it. I stopped I took a minute and I stopped and I put my hand on my heart and I said, I'm feeling vulnerable. (laughs) I'm feeling vulnerable. Then I dropped into my body and I described that experience. Feeling vulnerable feels like I'm walking around naked in Manhattan. My heart is beating slightly fast. I have a desire to run and to people please and to pretend. 
I feel exposed and nervous. Okay. So my thoughts about wearing the tank top in front of my extended family were creating this emotion. And I just described what was going on. And then I rolled with it. I said, come on in vulnerability. Come on in nervousness. You're totally welcome here. Of course you're here, right? You get to be with me. We're going to go. We're going to go be with our family. I'm going to tap into courage to be able to walk out there. And you're allowed to vibrate in my body. You're allowed to be with me. And no matter what anyone says, I love you and I've got you. Let's do this. So that is what the stop, drop, roll looked like in that experience. Recently, I got an IUD placed. And so I was at the OBGYN. I was on that table. You women know. So <laughs> not the not our favorite experience, not my favorite experience at least. And so I was feeling some anxiety and fear. And so I stopped um, and I... The, you know, the doctor was in the room, the nurse was in the room, they were doing their thing. <laughs> and I stopped and I was with myself. And in my head, I said, I'm feeling scared. I don't like feeling that something could go wrong. I don't like medical things like this. I feel scared. I feel anxious. I feel fear. I don't like this. <laughs> and then I dropped into my body and I watched my fast heart rate, and my desire to run. And I was just with myself through this medical procedure. And I just noticed my experience. And rolling with it looked like putting my hands on my heart and my belly. And I was telling myself in my head, I'm safe. I'm safe. And this is when I'm in the doctor's room, right? Telling myself I'm safe in my head. Hand on my heart, hand on my belly. I said, It's okay. I feel anxious right now. I was narrating my experience to myself. And when the doctor asked how I was doing, I was honest. I said, I'm feeling anxious, but I'm okay. I was telling myself, Anxiety feels fast. It's in the fear category, like nervousness, but it's a little bit more intense. I just watched my fast heart. In the moment, we finished the procedure, and then afterwards, I noticed this adrenaline wear off afterwards because my body had been in fight or flight. And so I just watched my body kind of release some adrenaline afterwards. And that was what feeling anxious was like for me. So that is what the second example of stop, drop, and roll is. The third example of stop, drop, and roll was feeling was when I was feeling hurt after a recent conversation with my husband. So I was having a conversation with my husband and he said like four words and I felt angry. (laughs) I felt angry and defensive all of a sudden. And so I stopped because I know what angry feels like in my body and I noticed that vibration. So I stopped what we were doing and I said, I, I literally said to him, because we have these conversations frequently, I said, I'm feeling angry. Then I dropped into my body. To me, the, this time the order went a little bit opposite. It was more like 
drop, stop and roll. <laughs> but I, because I am tuned into my body frequently because like quite a bit of the time because I do this work so much, but I, I knew and I described that my anger feels red and hot and like a boiling pot of water rising from my belly to my chest. It feels really active. It feels really defensive. It feels really like sympathetic. It just wants to take action and like defend and protect. And so I said that I'm feeling angry and then rolling with it in this case looked like I didn't want to yell at him or correct him because I know that my thoughts create my emotions and I wanted to see what was going on. <laughs> and so yelling at him or correcting him or getting defensive is a natural reaction to anger. And so I decided to leave the room and take care of myself elsewhere, which meant that I was going that I went to another room and I journaled. Initially when I started journaling, I just let myself feel mad. <laughs> I let myself blame him. I said whatever felt true. I was hearing myself out. I let myself write all the swear words until I was done. I just like heard myself out. And then because I've been doing this for a while, I was ready to ask myself what's the question, what's really going on pretty quickly, right? But in some cases, you might just stop there. You might just hear yourself out, let yourself be mad, and then just stop there. In my case, I want to keep going. Rolling with it for me meant like continuing to explore because, um, because I know that anger can be a secondary emotion, not always, but it can be. And so I was curious and oftentimes in our personal relationships, it is a secondary emotion. And so I asked myself, what's really going on? What's going on, Jose? And then when I journaled on that question, um, I realized that I was feeling sad. I was actually feeling sad because I had made my comment, my husband's comment mean that he doesn't believe in me, which isn't true at all. Actually, I have a very supportive husband who loves me very much and does, and does a lot for me, but it felt true. It felt true that that thought he doesn't believe in me felt so true. And so I just got to let myself feel sad about that. And I didn't rush myself. I didn't say, no, no, no. He does believe in you. When I realized that I was having that thought, I didn't like temper myself. I didn't hurry over to positivity and say, no, he does believe in you. He does. Remember, it's fine. It's fine. I just put my hands on my heart and said, yeah, be sad. Of course you feel sad. <laughs> of course I was blaming him and felt angry. Sometimes when we feel hurt, we blame the other person and think that they should have done things differently right? That's valid. So anger is protective. Anger is self-preserving. So I gave myself permission after I realized that I was just, after I realized that I was feeling sad, I gave myself permission to just lean into it. I gave myself permission to just go to sleep. And then I gave it 24 hours without holding a grudge because I knew, I knew that I was the one who created my emotions. I let it feel a little awkward between my husband and I because I had just kind of 
quickly left. <laughs> I told him I'm angry and quickly left the night before. So it was a little awkward for us throughout the day, but I wasn't trying to change that. I let it feel a little awkward. And then the next night I initiated conversation. I led with vulnerability. I took ownership of my emotions and I explained what I made his comment mean and why I didn't like his comment. My honesty created more connection and space for him to take ownership and to learn how to support me even more. So notice how in each of these emotional examples, I was actively and intentionally meeting myself where I was. I wasn't trying to change the emotion. When I was in the OBGYN's office, I just was letting myself feel anxiety and fear. When I was processing my conversation with my husband, I just let myself feel angry and sad. I let myself take my time. There was no rush. That's what rolling with it is. It's like unrushed processing, right? Same with wearing the tank top in front of my extended family for the first time. I let myself feel vulnerable. I wasn't saying like, you should be proud. You should feel, you know, confident. Of course, you love this decision. You you shouldn't feel vulnerable or nervous, right? It's not fair for you to feel vulnerable or nervous or anything like that. It was like, no, I just feel vulnerable and nervous right now. And that's fine. So in each of those examples, I wasn't trying to change the emotion. I wasn't rushing. I was just choosing to be with myself and process what was happening. I was being mindful of my experience without rushing to change it. No rushing to feel happy was happening. I was just there with myself as I was, describing my experience the whole way, being present with me. So that is what I would challenge you to try this week, my faith crisis friends. Start watching your emotions. Notice when you're trying to change them and see if once in a while you can lean into them more. Let them hang out with you more. See if you can be the loving narrator of your experience. If you can kind of just watch yourself. What's going on in my body? What's going on in my mind? And be the loving narrator. And choose to be with you where you are. Talk to you next time, my friends. Bye. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'd love to stay in touch over on Instagram. So follow me at Coach Josie Johnson and shoot me a DM when you do. It's not weird. I promise. I'd love to hear if there's a topic you want a podcast episode on. That way I can make sure I'm helping you with whatever is top of mind right now. And if you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe on whatever app you're using so that the podcast is easy to find in the future. Okay. Bye for now. Bye.